the good old B word. Yes, this word was not in my dictionary until I started realizing the necessity of having it and using it in all areas of my life shamelessly. The B word. Don't leave home without it. Because without it, I realized that it impacted the quality of my life. Yep, this word is called boundaries. Challengers, welcome to Challenge Me For You, where coaching, connection, collaboration, and innovation as a whole promotes transformation in health and wellness. I'm Nazia Basha. This is season five, episode seven. So it's been a while. I think the last episode I did was about four or five weeks ago. And during this time, I took a break. I needed a break from the routine. I just finished my last core course uh, for my master's program. And I wanted to travel and visit a friend, which I haven't seen for about a year. Um, We were going to celebrate her one-year-old birthday. He was born last year, um, uh, May 23rd, 2020. And uh, I wasn't able to see him due to the pandemic. So this opportunity came up and I went to Virginia. I traveled with her parents and also stopped by to see her brother. It was really nice. I spent a lot of family time. And what I recognized, I was really focusing on the one-year-old's behavior. It just amazes me that this one-year-old knows how to communicate his boundaries. Of course, he's a baby. So at this point, um, his way of saying no or stop is displayed by waving his hands or crying, spitting out his food. But it was fascinating to see him react when someone crossed his boundaries. I know as much as it's inconvenient to the parents, to other people to experience a baby cry, yet I found it remarkable that as babies, we have an innate sense of boundaries. And babies are not afraid to express when their boundaries are crossed. Similarly, when I visited his cousin, she's about nine months old, she expressed in similar ways of saying no. So in this episode, I wanted to highlight the B word, boundaries, by allowing you, dear listeners, to recognize your own personal boundaries through your own definitions or assist you in defining your boundaries, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, but using compassion and empathy when we are respecting or experiencing the other person's boundaries. And this happens in various contexts of our life, whether at work, um, whether through our families or friends, Um, our hobbies, our interests, we all have connections with people in diverse settings, but we do have the opportunity to recognize and verbalize our boundaries in all of these settings. So to reference some of my knowledge, I'm going to refer you to a book 
to further inform you about boundaries. It's New York Times bestseller called Boundaries. Um, it does have some biblical references for those who practice other lines of faith. Uh, remember to extract the underlying knowledge and apply it to your own personal understanding. So dear listeners, please check it out. It's written by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Town. So boundaries, the book says, are not walls. Rather, they serve to make us aware of our capacities or limits to protect our property. Now, this property can be defined by our physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual contexts. But we all need boundaries to help us operate within our means to protect ourselves from potential harm and to also be cognizant of another person's boundaries. So as a novice, I often thought that I had to state my boundaries by being firm or even a bit aggressive. But I realized that stating boundaries does not mean there has to be a point of contention. Although there some contexts where I had to respond in ways when my personal boundaries were violated, um, but I can be respectful um, when it comes to different contexts. I learned about this term boundaries when I came across uh, some literature by author Melody Beatty. And as I mentioned, we all have this innate sense of boundaries, but due to our upbringing or some cultural implications, boundaries became unclear and a bit skewed. And what I mean by that is was basically focused around or centered around respecting elders or other people rather than learning more about how to cultivate boundaries for yourself. So often when my boundaries were crossed, it shocked some folks because I responded in ways which were led through events or circumstances, such as a divorce or quitting a job. Now, I haven't quit all my jobs. Uh, When I resigned most of these positions, uh, it was from a place of I found something much more in line or uh, an agency or employer offered me this opportunity Uh, to really hone in my skills so I went for such agencies but anyhow um, when boundaries are crossed it's really important for us to come from a place of empathy and compassion to communicate our boundaries Um, oftentimes I recognize that when we don't have an opportunity to explore what our boundaries are we often get confused so it's really important to understand and recognize your boundaries so how do you know or recognize your boundaries well for me what i found helpful was exploring my values now this was very important for me of course i could say my values were influenced by my culture or family however they were just influences to help me understand my boundaries i had to experience life on my own for example work values or professional values, I recognize that through my experience um, in a working environment. I really benefit or enjoy an agency or organization or work for a company that supports uh, employee growth uh, through resources, uh, recognition, training, ongoing training, and appreciation. And after working for numerous companies, 
that didn't provide me those uh, that type of support or resources, um, it affects my productivity. And I realize that that specific company or organization is no longer in alignment with my professional values. And my boundaries apparently get crossed because I'm taking extra time to develop and search for resources, which takes away from my productivity. So the first step is to explore your values. Now, dear listeners, feel free to recognize or identify boundaries based on what you think is helpful for you. But for me, it was exploring my values. The second thing I recognized or identified my boundaries was how I felt, really checking in with my feelings. When my boundaries are crossed, I often experience unpleasant feelings or some sort of discomfort um, that often would range from anger, sadness, or just feeling disconnected. To some extent, I'm sure we can relate to this. For example, when a driver cuts us off, we immediately hog or say a few words, or we just have some sensations in our body which alarm us, um, such as increased heart rate, um, heavy breathing, or rapid breathing. This is all because the car becomes part of our physical boundary And when that boundary is violated, it's a threat to us. It's a threat to our safety. So in order to protect ourselves, we make the other person aware that our boundary has been crossed. So feelings and values is a couple of ways or a couple of ways that I recognized how to identify my boundaries. So after defining our boundaries, in the context of physical, emotional, spiritual, occupational, intellectual, uh, we kind of often sit and wonder, so how do we verbalize them? How do we put them into words or context? Well, I mentioned sometimes these boundaries are implicit and oftentimes they're non-verbally expressed. But majority of the communication is through verbal expression. As I mentioned before, when someone enters our personal space, like I'm standing in the line and someone either bumps into me or just steps a little closer, they kind of enter my personal space without my consent. So what do we do or what do I do? I immediately back up or back off or move away because I have recognized that my boundaries have been crossed. This is a nonverbal response. However, in verbal communication, we can either be specific and provide all the nitty-gritty details about our boundaries or simply say no or no thank you. Again, it all depends on context. Some people have mentioned that we should know what our boundaries are right away to avoid any discord or misunderstanding, but I find that not always to be true. Here's why. Uh, Sometimes we need compassion and empathy. No, scratch that sometimes. Often we need compassion and empathy because not everyone is aware of our background. Here's where diversity comes into play because our values are unique. Okay, so I brought in values. This is very important uh, when, again, we are developing boundaries um, to know our values. I really want to hone this in. Knowing our values brings in that consciousness or that awareness about our boundaries. So 
Moving on to the next step in verbal communication, how do we communicate our boundaries? Well, first is by stating preferences. And again, dear listeners, in verbal communication, you are welcome to choose your style or your own unique method that helps you communicate your boundaries. This is what I found to be helpful was one, um, stating my preferences, and two, negotiating. So when I state my preference, I usually am aware of or conscious of my values. And I would say, for example, to someone, I prefer not to socialize at nightclubs or bars. Now, this does not mean this is a judgment call to those who do go to clubs or bars. I empathize because everyone's experience is different. I prefer not to go because I've been to one and it doesn't resonate with my interaction style. The noise level, the activities, so so on and so forth. But those are my experiences. So to verbalize this to someone who is passionate about going to a bar, I'd state my preferences or my boundaries and suggest another alternative. Now. This may not always be the case. It depends on the relationship as well, the type of relationship. And the other person may not be on board, which is fine because honoring your values and communicating your boundaries is important. And it should not be from a place of judgment. If it bothers me, then it's because I'm trying to either impose my my beliefs or my thoughts or my preferences on another person, or I am forced to comply with the other person's Um, values. And so when this happens, obviously the connection declines. So going back to communicating with others, I mentioned stating your preferences is highly important. And second, um, it's negotiating. This is a tricky one. Uh, This is often a place or make or break situation. And here we can Again, bring empathy, compassion into the verbal communication when we negotiate boundaries. Uh, There are several types of scenarios that I could give you an example about negotiating boundaries. As simple as, oh, the the thermostat. Um, You know, my sister, both my siblings prefer uh, the AC to be at 68 Whereas I easily get cold, so I prefer 75 uh, room temperature at night. So the way to negotiate that for them would be, well, we could either turn on the fan or you can dress in layers. And throughout the day, I would run the AC at 75. And then at night, um, I would definitely honor or respect Um, their body temperature by putting it down to 68 or and then I would take care of it by either dressing warm or you know having layers of either comforter or something on my bed so there are ways to to deal with um, that would be part of negotiating boundaries there are several examples that are coming to my mind um, especially when where we have job opportunities where I'm interviewing at two places right now. So here my negotiating skills are going to come up 
because I'm going to try to find the opportunity that is more in alignment with what my goals are as a professional. And I would choose the opportunity that resonates with my professional goals. So it would be weighing the pros and cons, the benefits and whatnot, uh, the training, the support, going back to my values as I communicate and negotiate uh, with my potential employer about this opportunity. So when there's a non-negotiable opportunity, I'm being vulnerable here, it's sometimes difficult to navigate the conversation in my experience. Oftentimes feelings come up, unpleasant feelings come up. I had an opportunity to discover a non-negotiable, especially when it comes to choosing a potential partner. Uh, A couple of years ago, there was a prospective partner and he was a really nice guy. I had the opportunity to understand that something was a non-negotiable because we both practiced uh, different lines of faith. Actually, I take that back. It's not the practicing. It's we both were on the same page. Our families practiced um, different lines of faith. And we recognized that that difference can cause a lot of friction, discord within our relationship. And he was a bit more involved with his family and would be directly influenced by his family Instead of being more present with our connection, it would be more about families because he valued families as a priority due to his experience with or connection with his family. And I had to respect that because that's where he's coming from and knowing where I'm coming from, my personal history with my parents and their line of faith, I have to respect that that will be a barrier in our connection. So even though it was uncomfortable, even though we had a great connection, we recognize it's best using empathy, using compassion to move on. And so that's an example of non-negotiable that came up to my mind as I'm having this conversation with you all. So I hope, dear listeners, this gave you an opportunity to understand how you would communicate boundaries. So as I'm wrapping up this episode, as promised... I'm going to do the sensory reintegration activity and we can wrap this episode up. I hope you take the time to explore and read that book, as I mentioned about boundaries. So with a deep inhale and exhale, you can either find yourself a comfortable spot or just get comfortable where you're at. And this is a disclaimer, please do not do this activity while driving or operating um, a heavy machinery. (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. Please do not do this because this obviously requires you to close your eyes and be a distraction. But if you're in a safe place, a safe environment to do this activity, then let's proceed. We're going to tune in our auditory sense first. Slowly, we're going to shift our attention to the music to capture the 
rhythm of this tune and bring more awareness or consciousness to the body. Now you are welcome to open or close your eyes throughout the duration, either by focusing on your breath, but I will slowly and gradually redirect the attention to the gustatory sense. So I have here some fennel seeds, which really helped me during my traveling to deal with all the bloating. It has this really unique flavor. It's sweet and it's not bitter like cumin. And it's also great for a digestion and serves as a mouth freshener instead of chewing on gum. So I'm just going to take a little. And if you have some or you want to get some, you can get this in the health food store. For the sense of touch, I've been applying this Moroccan hair oil that my friend suggested to retain moisture in my hair. So I usually take a dime size um, or just pour a dime size of oil into my palm and then just lather them or lather it into the palm of my hand and then apply a little to the ends of my hair and it increases the softness or texture of my hair. This also takes care of my olfactory sense or sense of smell. This oil is very fragrant. And you can get this oil also at a salon. There's a particular brand for it. Or you can get it on Amazon. It's really nice. It's gentle. And it gives this nice softness to your hair. So, moving from the sense of touch to now olfactory sense or sense of smell. Again, this smell is already great, but I also put a little bit of oil on the back of my palms. As you know, I wash my hands a lot, so it does get dry. This oil is really fragrant and it just softens the skin. And now for the sense of sight, I'm going to read today's post from an Instagram or someone who I follow on Instagram. It's called Source Message. And the message of the day for June 5th was, you've been juggling so many things for so long and they're finally slowing down. It's not that they'll go away. They're not supposed to. You're full of life and the expectation is that you will always have things going on around you. But your inner stillness is allowing you to now grasp each task more fully, more easily, and on your terms. Things are more doable. You are getting ahead more. You're finding time to refocus your spirit and rest. This is the balance and order you deserve. It's also what you need to continue getting ahead. Wow. When I read this message, it resonated so well with me. So I wanted to share you that 
message as I close to remind you about the importance of self-care. And remember, doing less is more. So thank you listeners for listening to my episode. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at nbasha at holistictransformations.com. I will also have a guest speaker soon who will join me to share his experience on the healing spirit of laughter. Until then, be well, be safe. We are evolving daily here at Challenge Me For You. Peace.